0: All right, welcome back to the Pill Pilgrims. We are super excited to break down three
1: innovative startups for y'all this week. First, you'll hear about Fantasy Life, a fantasy sports and sports betting media company created by Matthew Berry, which just announced a $2 million funding round led by friends and family. Next, we break down Viome, a startup that's built a business out of assessing customers' microbiomes and using AI to provide data driven insights, and their $86.5 million Series C. Co-led by Coastal Ventures and Bold Capital.
0: And lastly, stick with us for a breakdown on Anthropic, an AI company founded by ex OpenAI employees, which just raised another hundred million dollars from Korea-based SK
1: Telecom. Another diverse dose for our listeners. Let's dive on in to episode eighty-two. Here we go. Is he here, kid? Think about what comes after or what came before. You just gotta bend your
0: knees, take a deep
1: breath, and jump. This is Venture VenturePill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. Okay, leading things off for this week's dose, we have Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life, which just raised $2 million in a friends and family funding round, which included the likes of Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, John Legend, and a whole slew of notable celebrities and athletes.
0: That's just the, the top three J names in, in the NFL right there. <laughs> exactly. John Legend. John Legend.
1: <laughs> Remember that year he rushed for 2,000 yards? <laughs> what a legend! Unreal. Literally. Yeah. So to set the scene here a little bit, Matthew Berry launched Fantasy Life as a daily email newsletter back in 2020. It was originally a promotional effort to boost Fantasy Life's merchandise store, but it has since evolved into the anchor of a growing media business with over 350,000 email subscribers and over 2 million unique visitors viewing the FantasyLife.com website per month.
0: Yeah. And so a little bit more on what's actually on the site. It offers users access to a slew of free fantasy embedding tools. So currently not monetized, but they're really meant to bolster user engagement and keep those folks on the site to make money in other ways. Now they will potentially monetize by offering premium features down the line, as Barry has hinted in recent communications that we've seen.
1: Right, so get it while it's good. Yeah. But yeah, I've actually I'm familiar with this site. They've they've got an app actually that I downloaded a couple years ago hoping that it would give me an edge in fantasy <laughs> football, which it did. So I'm a little upset to be revealing this now to our listeners who are certainly some fantasy football players out there. But nonetheless, it's an awesome site, awesome app. Now to get into how the website actually makes money. So first of all, Matthew Berry disclosed that fantasy life is profitable and brings in seven figures of revenue annually. The company, which has only 13 full-time employees and several contractors, makes the majority of its money by selling ads and sponsorships.
0: Yeah, not, not surprising their typical media brand uh, business model. They also make money by producing content for other media partners, including a weekday show for Sirius XM, for example. They also have a big media deal with Meta, sponsorship agreements with companies like Cisco, Buffalo Wild Wings, BET, MGM, and more. So, really a multi pronged business model here with different revenue streams coming in and more to
1: come. Exactly. And so to zoom out here and highlight the bigger picture, something we're noticing is that increasingly more journalists are launching their own media brands in conjunction with their day jobs. And so for context, Matthew Berry worked with ESPN for about 15 years. He really helped build out their fantasy football column and that whole department within ESPN. Yeah,
0: I mean he he was the face of fantasy football like for our childhood that that's for sure always on ESPN he became the face of all the videos like in recent years
1: breaking down players he he was fantasy football exactly he was the face and the voice of fantasy football but he recently pivoted to a job with NBC Sports as NBC actually allowed him to continue working on this side hustle passion project that he was building at Fantasy Life and this is actually pretty common for NBC so for instance, CNBC's Jim Cramer has his own investment club as a side hustle of his own to boost his brand and engage with his audience. Additionally, NBC Sports's Mike Florio has his pro football talk blog, which, again, is, is his opportunity to build and monetize an audience. And so this trend is forcing media giants to figure out mutually beneficial ways. For them to manage their talent
0: yeah and not to mention this is happening all the while espn is sort of restructuring letting go of a lot of personalities anchors analysts and the like so who knows maybe the rest of those folks may take a page out of the florio kramer and barry book and and do their own thing it's a changing (laughs) landscape so we'll see i mean it's it's definitely really interesting uh but wanted to wrap up with fantasy life a little bit more on their traction clearly a big brand Over 3 million followers combined across all the social media channels, both Fantasy Life and Matthew Barry, his individual pages all of which has been from organic growth methods. So I imagine pouring a little fuel on the fire, as we always like to say with this investment. And this is really riding a tailwind of the growth of the broader fantasy sports market. So its size was valued at $25 billion last year, and it's estimated to reach an expected value of $85 billion in 2032 within a 10-year span over tripling in size. I mean, we know it just because we're we're in it, but so many people are spending countless hours, probably days worth of time every year doing (laughs) fantasy sports. Um, So it's not surprising to see those numbers, but it is crazy to see that growth.
1: Yeah, this is an incredibly timely story to cover with football just around the corner. And of course, with it, fantasy football, I'm already at the stage where all of my algorithms on social media, all of my notifications seem to be (laughs) revolving around fantasy football. And I'm sure you're in a similar boat yeah
0: absolutely football oh yeah oh yeah
1: it's going to be really interesting to see how this growing market gives rise to all of these new personalities and companies that are getting involved in the fantasy sports space
0: a rising tide lifts all boats type of situation i think there's it's becoming a
1: much bigger ocean so to speak my dad always gives me a little bit of flack for constantly talking about fantasy sports my life revolving around fantasy football while it's (laughs) fantasy sports the income that can be won from winning a league is very real so i uh (laughs) look to continue supplementing my income this year once again slowly gradually funding my retirement
0: Oh, I see. Since you invited me into your league last year and I dominated pretty much along with our friend Crum, is that why you ended the league? You didn't see it as a a way to make your your ancillary income stream? I get it. Yeah, I see. It's fine.
1: (laughs) I, I realized I was stretching myself a little bit too thin. I need to hone in on just a couple income streams with a couple leagues.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and you carved out the ones that where you saw the path of most resistance and the resistance being made. Yeah, so listen,
1: I yeah, I don't blame you. It, it allows me to be a sports owner and also a businessman. Right, it just wasn't adding up on the profit and loss balance statements at the end of the year. Got to cut bait.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a conversation we could continue to have. We'll probably have to. Put a pin in that for another time and get on to our next couple of companies. But glad you found this one and always excited to talk fantasy with you, my man.
1: For our second story on this week's dose, we have Viome, which is a microbiome startup that just raised $86.5 million in Series C funding in a round that was co led by Coastal Ventures and Bold Capital. Of note, the company raised $67 million in funding back in June of 2022. And in total, they've raised $175 million in funding to date. In additional news to go with this fundraise, they also announced a newly inked distribution deal with CVS Pharmacy.
0: Yeah, and so setting the scene a little bit more about the microbiome, research on the human microbiome, which is microorganism communities that live in a part of your body, such as the mouth or the gut, that research has become increasingly popular and has led to a number of insights we've gained as a broader scientific community of recent. Not without its controversy, though, which we'll get into later on. Uh, this combined with the increasing interest of new and alternative medicine caused in part by increasing expenses associated with standard medical services in the U.S. and other countries, too, about which we've all come to know all too well here in the U.S., this has created a market big enough for venture dollars to now enter into to fund this research and grow this as a, a new market.
1: Yeah, as you said, the the big VCs out there have started to perk their ears up a little bit at this opportunity in the human microbiome. And where there's smoke, there's fire. So this combination led to the creation of Viome, which has essentially built a business out of assessing customers' microbiomes and then applying AI to the data and using those insights to provide their customers with supplements and other guidance based off these data-driven insights. The company also claims that its RNA sequencing technology is clinically validated, fully automated, and exclusively licensed by Viome to analyze biological samples far more efficiently than other technologies that are out there.
0: Yeah, and the company claims to have the largest database of RNA sequencing data from over 600,000 samples from customers and clinical research participants. Now, Viome's platform analyzes and interprets this massive amount of biological data by leveraging that AI and machine learning technology that
1: you mentioned earlier. Right. And so as to how the funding will be spent, they've essentially broken it down into two avenues here. So first, the plan is to use the funding to expand the existing business, which includes tests based on sample of a person's blood, stool, saliva, supplements and diet, as well as break into new areas, including expanding their product line to products around the mouth and dental health, as well as retail partnership which circles back to what we mentioned at the top here, which includes a deal with CVS that will see the pharmacy chain offer Viome tests in 200 stores across the United States.
0: That's big time to announce that along with the round. That's a big vote of confidence and a little bit more traction to make note of. The company has run tests for some 350,000 customers from 106 countries to date. Working out to approximately that 600,000 samples that are feeding its algorithm, that data is super valuable. Biome claims to have more than 35 predictive models of chronic diseases, including diabetes, obesity, depression, IBS, and and they also have FDA breakthrough device designation. Yes, that is FDA BDD, <laughs> baby. We love that. We love to see it. <laughs> and that's for its ability to detect early stage cancer in the mouth and throat using saliva with 95% specificity and over 90% sensitivity.
1: That is super impressive. The FDA doesn't just provide BDD like it's nothing, right? Mm -mm. Uh, So some promising stuff from these claims that Viome has made. Uh, We did want to double click on that. It's not all smooth sailing. Now, of course, smooth seas never made a good sailor. uh, Mm -mm. So you wouldn't expect that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Shiver me Timbers. <laughs> uh, but this was notable. So U biome, which was once a competitor to Viome, was investigated and eventually indicted by the government over how it ran its business. More specifically, this indictment covered its efforts to defraud insurance companies, additionally skirting regulations, lying to investors and others, running and charging for unnecessary tests. And overall, not providing what they claim to provide. So similarly, in this breakdown we've done about Viome, there's been a lot of claims. I assume and hope that there's data and clinical research backing up these claims, but it's worth noting. And
0: Yeah, it's certainly worth noting, and it's something that can definitely happen out there. You think of Theranos, which, you know, that that's, that's a big one. There are other companies outside of this realm that have made claims that aren't true and, and taken money from innocent people. It happens out there. You'd like to think that existing regulation and and regulatory bodies can stop it from happening. But it's a big question mark for scientists in the field broadly whether microbiome research can be so easily lined up with these conclusions and treatments. Uh, The jury is still out, I guess. Let's just leave it at that.
1: Yeah, what, what started as just wanting to mention this because it's noteworthy eventually led us to realizing that there's actually a lot of drama here behind the scenes. One notable critic, Dr. Jonathan Eisen, who's a professor at UC Davis and a specialist in the medical microbiology and genomics field, once called the company, quote, the Theranos of Microbiome Studies. And that is amongst other harsh criticism that we didn't have enough room for, but he certainly does not support what they're doing at Viome. And we were talking about this reminds me of nootropics, right? We've covered that in the past, mm-hmm. where it's this type of thing where the science is still a little murky as to whether it's 100% certain that it, you know, delivers on what is promised to deliver. But that being said, with nootropics, some people swear by it and, you know, couldn't live without them. So I imagine it's a similar situation here where some people have had great results using Viome, maybe others not so much people sending samples of saliva, stool, things like that. That is hopefully you know, not being used for the wrong reasons here. But nonetheless, the jury is still out, as you mentioned. And to circle back on everything here, money talks, right? So they've raised $175 million, as we've mentioned. They've got Coastal Ventures, a very reputable firm, as well as a surrounding strong cap table here. So if people are willing to continue buying and paying for the product and swearing by it, then Good for Viome, and you know, I'm sure that they'll continue to grow and expand. Absolutely.
0: All right, our third and final company of this week's dose is Anthropic, an AI company founded by ex-OpenAI employees, which just raised another $100 million from SK Telecom, a Korean giant. Now, this comes just three months after the company announced a $450 million Series C, which was led by Spark Capital. So adding another, you know, just another 100 mil. No big deal. Three months something later. Light. Uh, something light. Something <laughs> Not to mention, they also raised an undisclosed amount from SAP. So they continue adding, honestly, big amounts of dollars from big companies. Uh, so a, a, a lot going on here.
1: Yeah, a lot going on. A lot of money coming in for a startup that was founded back in 2021. So it's less than three years old. And in the past three months, they've raised 550 million plus an undisclosed amount from SAP. So... Truly impressive, the the traction that they're seeing here from investors. And so the company describes themselves as an AI research and safety company with the goal of leading the AI charge ethically and as a thought leader in the space. Their core product is not too dissimilar from the all popular household named ChatGPT created by OpenAI, a product that has many similar competitors, one of which we covered only a few episodes back in Cohere. Which, to refresh everyone's memory, was similarly a company that was looking to essentially offer large language models for the enterprise side of things, which comes along with it using the data ethically and security, ensuring privacy, things that are important for an enterprise with lots of valuable data and IP.
0: Certainly. And for Anthropic, their product is called Claude. And here are a few differentiators that we just took directly from the website. So they claim Claude is safer, right? With a constitutional AI built in, they've designed it to reduce brand risk for companies, like you were saying, kind of that same angle as Cohere with best in class data retention and no training on your data. So again, that privacy and security angle. They claim number two, it's clever. So they're leading the industry with 100,000 plus token windows. That means Claude can handle multi-step complex instructions over large amounts of content. And lastly, it's personalized. They say it's yours. So you can personalize Claude to excel at your specific use cases and speak in your voice, making the model work for you.
1: Yeah. And so they also tout some big names as partners, including Slack, Quora, Zoom, and Notion. I actually, my company uses Slack. And I did see Claude appear down at the bottom of my Slack window a couple <laughs> months ago. Tried to talk to Claude, did not go successfully. But to be fair, this was back in April. I'll give Claude the benefit of the doubt. He's a great colleague. Uh, and I'm sure <laughs> as time progresses, I'll continue relying on him. And so now just a little bit more on why the SK Telecom Partnership makes sense. So SKT, which is one of the world's largest telecommunications company, is based out of South Korea and have actually been building out large language models for years now.
0: Yeah, and clearly their expertise in the Korean language will allow Anthropic to gain a competitive advantage within that market. But we should note that the goal remains broader than just Korea. They plan on leading the charge in multilingual large language learning models, LLMs, geared specifically towards large telecom firms just like SKT. So a great strategic partner, clearly you know a lot of money to pour into it from SKT's side of things. They're going to be able to target this product, Claude, specifically towards other companies like SKT. Think about industry-specific customer service, marketing, sales, and interactive consumer applications that they can provide these large companies with, hopefully better than OpenAI or Cohere, which are a little bit more broad in in their targets, I would say.
1: Yeah, I like the emphasis on the multilingual LLMs, right? I don't know, perhaps Cohere and ChatGPT already offer this in every language. I imagine that could be relatively easy to implement. But you think about these firms that have international offices, right? Half the team is in India or the Philippines or Europe, wherever it may be. So the ability to Communicate with other employees using these multilingual LLMs seems like an awesome opportunity and a, a nice little differentiator if it is a differentiator for Anthropic. And again, you know this is such a massive space. We have covered AI at length, potentially to the point of exhaustion in <laughs> our past—I don't know, twenty, thirty episodes or so—and it's just because it's inevitable. It's it's dominating the headlines. And while the competition is stiff, I think there's a big enough market where a company like Anthropic could carve out more than sustainable market share.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and again, the money talks, right? This is uh, a multitude of big brands, corporate strategics, venture capital firms investing in this company. And again, just have to reemphasize, uh, somehow this has become like, somewhat normal, but in less than three years, raising that amount of money, that's just crazy. It just goes to show like while we have seen a slowdown broadly in the markets of, you know, maybe some less ridiculous valuations, we're still seeing crazy companies like this. I think mainly with AI, the opportunity is still so large Mm given its capabilities and the potential there, exponentially speaking. All that to say, really exciting. And, and I hadn't heard of this one before. It, it's just crazy. You know. You think you have a grasp on it all, and there's all these small ones that, that we've covered as well. It is a ever-evolving space with so many players. We'll continue to keep a pulse on it for the pilgrims out there. But with that, I think we've got to wrap this week up. And another great breakdown of a few awesome companies across some topics we know well and some others that we haven't covered before so it's always to have that nice mixture
1: yep well said partner and thanks for listening y'all
0: see you next time y'all take care. thanks for listening join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital and as always we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage see you next time
1: She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. thinks my vibe's a little okie, okie, That's right, but, but I don't know how to do differently. Than the views, statements, and opinions expressed herein by the hosts and their guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast should not be construed as reflecting the views or implied endorsement of independent Brokered Solutions LLC or any of its officers, employees, or agents. The statements made herein should not be considered an investment opinion, advice, or recommendation regarding securities of any company. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes and is not to be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy a security.